Hello there to my American listeners, and hello to my Norwegian listeners, and a good day to every listener in between. I wanted to start this episode with an announcement before we get the show started. Lay Do is now on Spotify, and to celebrate, I've created a podcast soundtrack with some of the songs from the show and beyond. Be sure to subscribe so when I add new playlists, you'll be the first to know. Though I'm not even sure that's how it actually works, I'm more of an Apple Music kind of girl myself. I guess just look up Lay Do You Like These Songs Volume 1 and you should find it. Also, please consider writing me a delicious review and five-star rating on iTunes. Or just a rating. Whatever you have time for. I have over 100 ratings on Norwegian iTunes, but US of A? More like US of Hey? I've only got 43 ratings? Please step it up, America. I need your help. We couldn't get Hillary Clinton elected, but we can try our best to make me the queen of niche podcasting. Also, please follow the podcast on Instagram. I swear you'll have fun. Okay, that's it for now. Thank you for your listenership. I appreciate each and every one of your delicate little ear holes. And now on with the show. You were high on ecstasy when you that sex game? Absolutely. Everyone knows it. Like, my jaw was shaking. But I mean, it, 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 it does beg the question, what has gone wrong with young Hollywood? Honest to God, what is the problem? Juicy sweatsuits, doing lines in the restroom. All y'all dressed to impress who? Hello and welcome to season two of Lay Do You Remember This, where we look back on all the stories from Hollywood's best, worst decade, the early 2000s, a time in history when America found out that with a trust fund, a sex tape, and a dream, you too could become a star. As always, I'm your host, Dara Lane. Speaking of sex tapes, in today's episode, we'll be talking about the ascent of Kim Kardashian, queen of the closet scene. Kim's is a Cinderella story if Cinderella's dad died instead of her mother and left her with a huge inheritance, and if her fairy godmother was a momager and at midnight both of Cinderella's butt cheeks turned into pumpkins. It's a classic from rich to richer story, a tale as old as time, or as old as 2003 when Paris Hilton did the same thing. But although Paris and Kim's upward climb began the same way, with their own sex tapes, very quickly a path diverged in the woods. Kim took the road less traveled that led to a pot filled with gold and predatory Kardashian-branded debit cards. Paris took the other path, which turned out to just be one giant loop around a kitson. After the soles of her Ugg boots wore down the soil beneath her, she was engulfed in a sinkhole and spit back out of the earth into a DJ booth in Ibiza. Kim Kardashian might have surpassed Paris in relevancy and fame, but it was Paris who first forged the trail. Kim and Paris knew each other for most of their lives because Kim went to the same school as most of the Brentwood rich kids of the early 90s. During their teen years, Paris was partying and getting into trouble. Meanwhile, at 16, Kim was working in retail until she started her own successful eBay business. So basically, they were both laying the groundwork of their future careers. Kim's first big sale was five pairs of Manolo Blahniks. 
Kim saw Jennifer Lopez wearing them in one of her videos, and she figured that they might become a hot commodity. She called up the local Manolo Blahnik store and found out they had five pairs left in stock. Her father loaned her the money for the shoes that cost $700 each. She ended up selling each pair on eBay for $2,500. This is a really great example of how rich kids get the opportunity to get richer that the rest of us don't get. If I had rich parents to invest in my denim purse business I tried to start in the 8th grade, who knows where I'd be right now. I'd sure as shit not be making podcasts for free, I'll tell you that much. You should have seen these purses. They were made from the top waist and pocket area of a pair of jeans. It was like you had jeans on your butt and hanging over your shoulder. Very cool stuff. I commissioned a few bags for friends and acquaintances, but the hard truth is that no matter how great a product is, you need capital to get your startup to the next level. That's Shark Tank 101. But Kim had capital and ambition and obsessive compulsive tendencies that inspired her to expand her business into closet organizing. She told Player Magazine in 2006, quote, My closet business came about when I was at my godparents' house, Sugar Ray Leonard and his wife Bernadette. Bernadette's closet was massive and had so much stuff in it. I said to her, you really need to clean out your closet. Well, we spent the whole night doing that. Kim convinced Bernadette to sell the designer clothing on eBay rather than throwing it away. Kim became the closet organizer to the stars, which is one way of looking at it. Another way to look at it is she was getting paid under the table by her parents' friends to color coordinate their blouses and take garbage bags filled with clothes to the Goodwill. Her other clients included Rob Lowe, Brandy, Cindy Crawford, Kenny G, Nicole Ritchie, and of course, her friend Paris Hilton. As Kim put it, staying on top of Paris's closet was a difficult undertaking because she was a compulsive shopper. Once Kim was finished going through all of her clothes, Paris had already filled up her garage with racks and racks of new clothing. Here's a clip of Kim organizing Paris's closet on an episode of The Simple Life. I love this closet, it's so good. What's going on with it? That is if I ever go to India outfit. Really? Yes. Are you planning on going? Yes. But don't you have to like, cover up everything. You're not allowed to show any of your hair. You would have to do your hair. Your hair. It's like a lock. Are you allowed to have long hair? <laughs> Even if you travel there, you really have to do this? I think so. Or you'll get like shot or something. Look hot. <laughs> By 2004, Kim's business had evolved to include personal shopping and fashion styling, which is crazy because back then, Kim dressed like any other basic early 2000s mall rat with an express gift card she got in her Christmas stocking. Then, in July 2006, she opened up her clothing store Dash with her sisters, Chloe and Courtney. After that, Paris allowed Kim to step out of the closet and into the limelight. The first time Kim walked the red carpet with Paris was in Santa Monica at the third annual Lakers Casino Night. Paris needed someone to join her now that she and her ex-BFF Nicole Richie were no longer friends. From then on, she became a fixture in the celebutante scene. Kim told Rolling Stone in 2015, quote, We'd go anywhere and everywhere just to be seen. We knew exactly where to go where to be seen, how to have something written about you. All you had to do is go to this restaurant or this party, talk about whatever you want to talk about, and it would be in the paper the next day. 
which is exactly what happened when she went on a date with Nick Lachey of 98 Degrees in May 2006. Nick said in an interview to Details magazine, Let's just say this. We went to a movie. No one followed us there. Somehow, mysteriously when we left, there were 30 photographers waiting outside. The move worked. Kim said in her book, Kardashian Confidential, quote, The next night, I was out with Paris Hilton. We were in her car, and paparazzi started taking pictures. Usually they would shout, Paris, Paris, Paris. But they started yelling, Kim, Kim, Kim. Then, on August 25, 2006, another late-night paparazzi incident elevated her another notch. In one of TMZ's first video, Tara Reid is seen at the Velvet Ropes of Hyde Lounge. A bouncer leans in and tells her that he won't be letting her inside for reasons we don't hear. Then Paris and Kim approach the doors arm in arm. As they stroll right in without any trouble, they ignore Tara, even though she and Paris used to be nightclub buddies. Tara was nightclub roadkill, and Paris and Kim just stepped over her body without a passing glance. It basically played out like a lost verse to the song What It's Like by Everlast. Paris would soon find out what it's like to have lost all of her relevancy, but the same can't be said for Kim. Soon after, Kim continued her quest for upward mobility when she started dating Nick Cannon. They were together from September 2006 to early 2007. During that time, there were rumblings about the existence of a sex tape between Kim and the singer Brandy's little brother, Ray J. Nick, ever the fuck boy, is always very eager to talk about this experience on various news outlets. Here he is doing an interview for some YouTube channel called Vlad TV. Well, speaking of exes, uh, Kim Kardashian is one of your exes. She is, <laughs> and I talk about it. Uh, I talk about the how we met and how we unmet and all of that stuff on the tape. Right, because I, I think you had mentioned before that you guys were cool until she denied that the sex tape was coming out. Yeah, man. I mean, it was it was an interesting run, <laughs> but it was I was I was during the sex tape time. You know what I mean? And it was. You know, people actually didn't really know who she was. She was kind of known as like, you know, at the time, like a stylist that was working in Hollywood or, and, you know, or Paris Hilton's best friend or my girl, you know what I mean? So uh, we were trying to do a lot of stuff. You know, I was encouraging them. It's like, yo, you guys could do a reality show. And I was like introducing them to different people and all that stuff like this because nobody knew who oh, they Oh, wait, so, so you could have been Ryan Seacrest. I actually... Very much so, almost to the point that I might I, I, I might have dished it off because I didn't want to be uh, involved in it in, in that sense early on. Wow. Okay, yeah. that would have been a nice check right there as well. Yeah, yeah. you know, it'd been yeah. the right one. Yeah. I got yeah, a couple, a few. few like those. <laughs> okay, so so were you dating her while she was messing with Ray J too, or what happened? Not, you know how Hollywood is, man. Everybody be dating everybody out there. Uh, honestly, I think. It was uh, during a similar time, but I think it was right. Ray J obviously was with her before, and um, you know I was probably right after. But what happened? I guess the tape was probably within a year or two's time or whatever, and it didn't come out until later, until when we were together. So when it came out, 
all the press. I was getting hit with all the press because she was, you know, she was with me. And it was like, yo, is this your girl? And, you know, so it got it got a little shaky. My ego got involved, you know what I mean? And my uh, my agents and managers was like, yo, you got to get out of there. What is going on? Why are you with this girl who's got this sex tape out with Ray J? And, you know, and Ray is my man. Like, Ray even gave me a little forewarning <laughs> beforehand. Oh, really? What, what was that conversation like? You know what? Because it's like Ray's always been a, a good dude and a, and a friend of mine. And I always say Hollywood is like high school, man. Like your, your girlfriend from ninth grade ends up dating your partner in the 11th grade and all that stuff. So I remember it was, we was all on like Rodeo and we had just came out of the Louis store and, and Ray was across the street and it was funny because he was messing with this chick that, you know, I guess him and Kim got into it with. And I, I used to always make fun of him for that. And so I said something slick to him, like, hey, he's like, go do something with the other chick. And he was like, ah, you saying that now? You over there holding hands now? You ain't going to be wanting to do that in a few weeks. And I was like, what you talking about? I think he just, I think he just giving me shit, you know what I mean? And I cut to a few weeks later, the damn tape come out. I was like, that's what that nigga was talking about. <laughs> Kim's big movie debut came out in February 2007. The 41-minute sex tape was called Kim Kardashian, Superstar. As far as porn video names go, that one leaves a lot to be desired. It's a little too presumptuous, not enough whimsy or wordplay. But... We'd all find out soon enough that the presumption would turn out to be correct. So the question is, did Kim and her camp release the tape or was she a victim? Kim has always maintained that it wasn't her. She sued Vivid Entertainment, the company that bought and disseminated the tape, and they ended up selling her the video for a reported $5 million. But was that just a way to make it more convincing that she was the victim? Ian Halperin, the writer of the unauthorized biography Kardashian Dynasty, says yes. He says that Vivid was in negotiations with Kim the entire time and didn't release the tape until they came to a financial agreement. Steve Hirsch, the CEO of Vivid, says that Kim and her mother weren't involved in negotiations. It was instead an unnamed third party. Of course, if Kim and Chris were involved in the negotiations, they could have easily stipulated in a contract that Vivid could never reveal that they were in on it. But an ex-girlfriend of Ray J says that this was all a part of his master plan to become famous and Kim wasn't in on it. Like Paris with her sex tape, it was never proven either way whether or not Kim was a part of it. But also similar to Paris's experience four years earlier, the timing of the release was suspect. One Night in Paris leaked a week before The Simple Life premiered. Kim's sex tape came out about six months before Keeping Up with the Kardashians debuted. Either way, it seems as though Paris probably didn't believe that this wasn't orchestrated by Kim and Chris. She apparently had no empathy for Kim during the public shaming. Kim told Rolling Stone, quote, I don't think she was that happy. We didn't really talk about it. I probably would have thought, oh my gosh, let me give her advice. But we had no communication. But our friendship had fizzled before that. Paris was likely pissed that Kim, her closet organizer, the help, was nipping at her heels. And it would only get worse for Paris. By the summer of 2007, The Simple Life had been canceled. 
Despite once being the queen of reality shows, Paris's position was about to be taken over by the queen of the closet scene. Paris would try her hand at other reality shows, but she could never recapture the magic that the simple life once had. As Paris slunk into the shadows, Kim was riding the wave of her newfound notoriety. In October, Keeping Up with the Kardashians premiered, and in December, Kim posed for Playboy. The show was such a huge success that they jumped right back into filming and premiered season two less than six months later. From there, her success never slowed down. Between her and her mother, she set up brand deals and multiple TV and film appearances throughout the early 2000s. In 2009, she had a four-episode arc on the show Beyond the Break on the Noggin Network, the same network that aired Degrassi The Next Generation. Another notable appearance in 2009 was in a film called Deep in the Valley. It stars a soft, middled Chris Pratt as a guy who, through a magic video booth, gets sent into a world where everything is a porn flick. Something I'm sure his God-loving wife and her mom, Maria Shriver, are very thrilled about. It also stars the queen herself, Denise Richards, as some kind of hot sorority den mother. Kim makes a brief cameo as a bouncer at a strip club. To set the scene of this next clip, Chris Pratt and his friend talk to Kim, whose character's name is Summer Eve. You might not have guessed the man in the following audio is Chris Pratt because he's doing some kind of cultural appropriative accent. It's important to note he's also wearing grills on his teeth. Back the fuck up, bitch. Summer Eve. Hey, you, you know me. It's me, look at my, Rumpa, huh? Rumpa, Rumpa Thumper. There, and would you like a little bit of chicken? All right, Rumpa, my brother. That's right, and this is my boy, PB and J. We call him Hot Carl, he likes when girls poop on him. Tell her. I like it when girls poop on them. Very sick fuck, but we fit in here, so girl, we just listen to music, saw the girl, saw we come down, she was crackling. Do I get a plus one? A star turn for Kim if I've ever seen one. Kim also created a three DVD workout series called Fit in Your Jeans by Friday. Someone should call the Better Business Bureau because if you don't fit into your jeans on Monday, some low-impact leg lifts will not get you into your jeans in time for your after-work drinks with your Bumble Date at Macaroni Grill. This wasn't Kim's only product that dealt in shady business. In November of 2010, Kim and her sisters came out with the Kardashian card. The ladies experienced a huge backlash because the prepaid card involved tons of hidden and excessive fees. Plus, it was targeted toward teens and stupid adults who wanted to pull out a card with Kim's face on it every time they had to buy four locos. But this controversy didn't prove to be a legitimate setback in the Kardashian empire that by 2009 already included nine different reality show spinoffs. And all the subsequent controversies that would occur post-2010 wouldn't damage the Kardashian brand either. Why is it that Kim's rise to fame has only had an upward trajectory despite all that? Possibly because when you begin your career doing something questionable, the public is set up for a continuation of that behavior, like how Donald Trump can do whatever he wants with little consequence. 
But that can't be all of it, because Paris Hilton started her career off the exact same way and couldn't sustain her relevancy for over a decade like Kim has. So what's the difference? For one, Kim has evolved with the times in a way Paris has not. Kim got that Kanye makeover and now she's more respected in the fashion community. She wore down Anna Wintour until she finally got that Met Ball invitation. It also helps that Kim never got into the same kind of trouble that Paris did over the years. Kim has always said that she's not much of a drinker. That keeps you from flashing your folded bits and makes it a lot easier to wake up the next day to do businessy things. But probably the biggest thing that sets them apart is that Kim has so much more support than Paris does. Nikki Hilton didn't even want to be on The Simple Life when it was originally offered to her before Nicole. The Kardashians became a fully realized empire, while Paris was only one woman. The fact is, Kim had a secret weapon in Kris Jenner. Anyone can have a sex tape in a dream. It takes a momager to make you a star. Kathy Hilton? She just didn't have the stuff. Lady, You Remember This is researched, written, narrated, and edited by me, Darlene. If you aren't already, please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a rating and review. You can follow updates on the pod on Instagram and Facebook. And please, if you like the podcast, share it. Tell your friends. It's true what they say. It takes a village to make me famous. If you have any questions, comments, or show suggestions, please email this at gmail.com. So, you're invited to come back next week. We've got a table, and I've put you on the list. For Lay Do You Remember This. Trying to make a pass, but I can't stop looking at my best friend's ass.